Hi, welcome back to Wildflower Women. My name is Megan Pritzwill and I am excited to be with you right now in this moment. Um, whether you're listening in the morning or the evening or in the middle of the day or maybe you woke up in the middle of the night and you couldn't go back to sleep and this is where you found yourself. I am excited. Um, I This this week, um, I, I think I missed last week I had planned um, to uh, record a, a episode last week and ended up working almost, I guess, probably an average of 10 hours every day. Um, got a lot of stuff done, but I was just exhausted. And last night I was praying and writing and reading and preparing and I thought I was going to go uh, the direction of Mark 12:31, um, where Jesus is telling us to uh, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And I was going to talk about um, the golden rule, uh, you know, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. And I was going to dive into 1 Corinthians, and I I thought this is where we were going. I had written lots of notes, thought we might actually do a series of um, episodes just breaking down 1 Corinthians 13 and really understanding what love is and what it is not. Um, But as I was praying tonight before I sat down to record, um, I just, I was praying for myself, honestly, and I just felt like this was the direction that God was leading me. And I realized, as I was praying, I realized that um, Mark 12, 31, it says to love the Lord your God with everything you have. And then it says to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And I realized that I, I couldn't really go into, you know, encouraging you and pushing you to love your neighbor until we address the love yourself as you love yourself, um, and that's what I was—that's what I was praying for myself—is in just you know, as we go through these weeks, I know in these episodes, I know that um, I'll have moments that I, I just kind of share my story, but as it is when it comes to loving yourself. I have struggled my entire life with this fear of failure, uh, an extreme fear of failure. Uh, I, I think I've mentioned it before in, in other episodes. You know, just I, I've always, I just always wanted to do the right thing. Um, I, it wasn't that I, I don't want, I want to be right. I'm right, even if I'm wrong. It, it was I, I just want to do the right thing. I want to say the right thing. I want to act the right way. I want to respond correctly. Like, I just want God to be proud of me. I don't want there to be anything that I need forgiveness for because I just want to do it right. And I don't want, I don't want to hurt God's heart. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. I just want to do it right. Um, and that there's on, on, on some levels, that's, that's a good thought. But for me, it became my, um, my 
my crutch or, you know, the, the, the thing that, that prevented me from really enjoying the love of God and just fully living in who he is. And, um, because I was just terrified. I was always afraid that he wasn't going to be proud of me, that I had failed in some way. And it wasn't just God, you know, it was everybody. I wanted to be perfect. I wanted to be, uh, my parents, if you ask my mom and my dad, I was, they, they, there's, they would tell you I, I was literally the best child ever. Like I, I just didn't cause problems. Um, I didn't get in trouble because I didn't want to disappoint anybody. Um, I just wanted to be perfect. And it led to years and years of, um, of starvation and binging and purging and trying to look perfect. As much as I loved God and as much as I knew that, that those actions were not what God wanted, I still... There was a disconnect for me there and I was trying to be perfect for the world and I was trying to be perfect for people and I was trying to be perfect for God. And to love the Lord your God with all of all that you have and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. It is it's so, such a, a common theme right now and this is where we're well, this is what I want to talk about. Uh, such a common theme in today's society. Uh, self-care, self-love, um, you know, taking that break, doing doing something just for yourself. As women, it is just overwhelmingly pushed in our faces that self-care is what we need to do. Because as women, we carry everything. If you are a wife, you carry everything for your husband. You carry the uh, the um, the weight of the home. If you're a mom, you have even more weight as the weight of your kids are on your on on your mental, you're worried about them, you know. You're worried about everything that's happening. You're worried about them going to school, you're worried about them going to daycare, you're worried about uh, them being the victim of some some horrible uh, some you know offense, uh, a crime. Uh, you're you're worried about so much. You're, if you um, if you have a job, you you know if if you work in the workforce you you're worried about you know performing your job correctly so that you're not overlooked you want to do your best so that you're not overlooked you you don't want to be replaced you know you have this this pressure to perform and then there's if you're single you have this you know this pressure to be good enough if you want to be married you're pressured to find someone. Um, you have this pressure to, to, to be everything you need to be so that someone would want to marry you. Um, and then if, if you don't want to get married, if you just want to do your job, then you have this, you, you're fighting this, this pressure to, you know, to be the best and to perform at the highest level. So we have all of this pressure and then the world tells us not only do you have to be perfect, but you also need to make sure that you take care of yourself and indulge in some way. Um, It is very important that we take care of ourselves. First and foremost, it is absolutely crucial that we rest. 
The Bible says that, that God created the world and on the seventh day he rested from all that he had done. And that was the Sabbath. That is so crucial that we rest. Jesus even told his disciples, get away and rest. Jesus went away and rested. He took time to rest. There is so much when we are just overwhelmed with the things that we're doing and we we were nonstop we have to rest we were our bodies god created our bodies to need rest uh, i in my my day job um i i'm i do addiction prevention in my addiction 101 lesson i talk about our hierarchy of survival that we have three natural addictions and those three natural addictions are food water and sleep we absolutely cannot survive without food water and sleep we have to have sleep we have to we have to rest that is absolute the way god created our bodies to renew ourselves that when we rest our brains can separate the things that we don't need to remember and the things that we do need to remember it can regenerate itself and we can wake up refreshed to carry on with life the next day but self-care and self-love as it is in society today is so far from what I believe it means to love your neighbor as you love yourself um, the the self-care that we see and we hear is you know Women, you need, to, you need to go take a day, go get your nails done, go get your hair done, go get a massage, um, go buy yourself something. Um, and even the extreme, if you're stressed out, drink a bottle of wine. There, the the um, obsession with wine today is unbelievable. The, unbelievable. The amount of alcohol that is consumed by women is, is it's terrifying. And women are using that to relieve the stress and to relieve, to practice their self-care. A, a glass of wine and a bubble bath, that's what you need for self-care. But that is not what God has called us to. That is not the type of rest and the type of love that God has, that God desires for us. Um, I believe that what this verse means, to love your neighbor as yourself, is that first of all, not you have to love yourself before you can love someone else. We are called to love no matter what. But what I believe that God is wanting us to hear in this moment is that we have to see ourselves the way that God sees us. If we can see ourselves the way that God sees us, and this is so hard for women, we stand in front of the mirror every single day and we know every one of our flaws. If we asked, uh, if we, if I took a, if I said right now, I want you to make a, get a piece of paper and do two columns. And on the left column, I want you to write everything that is good about how you look, write everything that you love about yourself. And on the other, the right column, on the right side, I want you to write everything that you need to improve or you think is not good enough. And I know nine out of 10, that right column with all the things that need to be improved or just aren't good enough or just don't measure up. That list is gonna be far longer than the list of what is good. But that is not how he sees us. That is not how our father sees us. Our father looks at us through eyes of love. 
and we are to look at ourselves through eyes of love not because we are proud of who we are or because we think we're great or because we are something special or we just got it going on we got abs and we got perfect hair and our eyelashes are all done and our hair is all did and our nails are all pretty not because we think we're something but we are to love ourselves the way that he loves us because we are his that is it because we are his creation the bible says that when we come to him we are a new creation we are made new in him the bible says that he created us that we are his workmanship in ephesians 2:10 it says that we were we are his workmanship that he formed us out of love he, we are his workmanship Psalm 139, 16 and 17 says, Your eyes saw my substance, yet being unformed. And in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. He loves us with the kind of love, if you think about your worst day, if you slept, if you tossed and turned all night long, maybe something happened and I, I don't know about you, but I'm sure most women have had those nights where you laid in bed and you cried yourself to sleep because you were just overwhelmed or you had gone through hell and you got up the next morning and you looked in the mirror and your hair looked like, as my mom used to say, looks like um, rats had built a nest in it uh, and you, you're just all crazy looking. Your makeup is smeared uh, because you didn't even have the energy to take it off before you started crying and you crawled into the bed. Now it's all over your face. Your eyes are puffy. Your breath smells bad. Your teeth need to be brushed. Your hair, your shirt's all wrinkled. You look awful. That's at your worst. That's what I imagine whenever it says, your eyes saw my substance yet being unformed. In that moment when we were just a blob, in that moment of conception when we were just a ball of cells, he saw our substance and he knew what we would become and he saw it beautiful. He saw it as beautiful. And in that moment when we were just cells and the cells were dividing and dividing and dividing and becoming millions and millions and millions and then the, you know, forming into that embryo and becoming a baby, and before we were ever born, he knew the number of our days. He knew the substance of our lives. He knew us. And that's what I imagine. He loved us in that moment. And that is why I'm, I, I imagine in that moment when we look in the mirror and we see ourselves at our worst, he loves us. And we are to look at ourselves not as, as vain, not as looking at ourselves through vain eyes of beauty, but looking at ourselves and saying, you know what? You might not have it all together. You might not be perfect. You might not be even the slightest bit presentable right now in this moment, but daughter, you are loved by your father. That is the kind of love I'm talking about. Loving, you, loving yourself the way he loves us. In 1 Peter 3, 9, he says that we are a royal priesthood. 
We are royalty. In the moment of our mess, in the moment of when we think we have failed at our worst, we are still a child of God and we are still royalty. Chosen generation. Called to send forth His glory and to speak His word to the world around us. John 15, 15 says that He no longer calls us a slave or a servant. He calls us friend. We are a friend of God. We are his friend. There is a closeness. If you have a best friend, a friend that you can tell everything to, a friend that um, can see you at your worst. If I have, I have a friend that um, has seen me at my worst. Uh, I actually have two friends that in, in two instances in my life, when I was puking my guts up because I had a stomach virus, two friends in two different times of my life that came and held me. They held back my hair. They got me into the bed. They gave me my Gatorade. They gave me my medicine. They saw me at my worst when my breath was horrible because I had just been throwing up all night long. When I smelled bad because I had been sweating, breaking a fever, and it, you know, I was just disgusting. And they loved me in that moment, and they loved me enough to be there and to just not care what I looked like. That's how he sees us. He calls us friend. So when we've messed up, when we haven't been perfect, when we feel like we're sitting in just the most disgusting mess of ourselves, he still says, hey friend, I got you. Here, let me wipe your face. Let me clean you off. Let me get you into a place where you can rest and find my love restoring your face. You're restoring your body, restoring your mind, restoring your heart. He calls us friend. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20 says that we were bought with a price and that we are his temple. The temple in the Old Testament is where the spirit of God and the presence of God lived. Um, they took the ark and they, they took it from one place to the next and they built a temple and the temple was where the presence of God was and the priest went into the holies of holies into the presence of God and met him there and offered the sacrifices to cleanse the sins of, those, of the people. That was the temple. And when Jesus came, when he died on the cross, the temple veil was torn because he did away with that temple. He did away with a, with a building that was where the presence of God could live. And in that moment, the children of God and those who received Jesus as Savior became the temple so that the presence of God and the Spirit of God could live in us. So just, I want you to just think about if you've ever had uh, company coming um, and, or maybe if, if, if you think back to when, when you were a kid and company was coming over and your, you, your mom or your grandmother or your aunt or uncle or whoever it was that you lived with and they said, we've got company coming, get in your room, clean your room, everybody clean, everybody clean. And you know, you're thinking to yourself, well, they're not coming to my room. 
but why why do I have to clean my room? They're not gonna come in here. And then your mom wanted the bathroom spotless. Your mom, everything had to be clean and everything had to be put away as if you, this is how you really live. And you know, every single person on earth has that moment where they clean for people because they think that if they don't clean their house, then people will think they're messy. But yet those people probably left their mess and they were like, hey, we're not staying home tonight. Let's not worry about it. We're going to their house. And they left their house messy and they know, they know that this is not what your house looks like. But you think about that. If you had guests coming over, you would, you would want your house clean. You would want your house perfect. But the thing about Jesus and the thing about his presence is that he dwells in us. When we accept Jesus as our savior, he comes in right in the middle of our mess. And he doesn't expect it to be clean and perfectly spotless when he gets there because that is what he does. He is not the type of guest that comes over and needs it spotless before he walks in the door. No, Jesus is the type of guest that comes over and picks up a broom, picks up a duster, picks up a mop and starts to clean in the dirtiest places. He goes into the shower behind the curtain and starts scrubbing the mildew off the side of the shower. He goes into the toilet in the, the your bathroom that guests don't go to and he cleans underneath the toilet seat. He cleans all of those places because that is how he loves us. We have got to see ourselves the way that he sees us. And that doesn't mean what the world sees as self-care and self-love. That doesn't mean that we indulge ourselves, that we indulge our selfish, fleshly desires. It doesn't mean that we, that we just give ourselves whatever our flesh thinks it needs. Self-love means that in those moments, when life is crazy, when life is overwhelming us, when we feel like we just don't measure up, when we feel like we've got nothing right all week long, when we feel like we've done nothing but fail, self-love is coming in and sitting down in the presence of God and saying, God, thank you for loving me just as I am. Renew me. Restore me. Set my mind on you. Set my heart on you. All these things, all these, these, uh, these uh, ideas that I have, All of these standards that the world has given me that says I have to measure up to this and that's what makes me feel like I've failed. Remind me of your love for me so that I can just rest in your love, so that I can be restored, so that I can be renewed, so that I can look in the mirror and see myself the way that you see me that you see me as friend, you see me as your workmanship, 
You see me as royalty. You see me as a home that your presence lives in. I know my temple, my, my, my home, my heart, my life isn't perfect. But thank you that in your word you promised that you would continue to do the good work that you started in me. So when I look in the mirror and I say, you just don't measure up, remind me that you're not done yet. And not only are you not done, you're not done because you're not gonna stop until I look like you. That is what the this, this self-love that we need, that is what true self-care looks like. You can get your nails done, you can get your hair done, you can get a massage, you can do all those things, but they're not gonna fix it. That is not self-care, that is not self-love. That's not gonna fix what you see in the mirror. The only way to fix your heart and to fix your mind and to fix what you see is to look at yourself through the eyes of God. And by looking at yourself through the eyes of God, that means getting in the word and reading what he says about you as his daughter. And then when we have gotten to the point where We have to love everybody, no matter what. No matter what we think about ourselves, we have to love the world. But when we can love ourselves in Jesus and as Jesus, then our focus will shift. When you're looking at your life and your situation and your shortcomings and your mistakes and your failures and your imperfections, when you're looking at all of those things through the eyes of God and knowing that no, you're not perfect, but he is making you that way. He is perfecting you. He is making you everything that he has called you to be. He has given that to you and he is doing that work in you. And if you can see yourself that way, then all those standards of the world that you feel like you have to live up to begin to begin to dissipate. They begin to dissolve into the background and your focus is on him. Your focus becomes, Jesus, what do you want from me today? I'm going to love myself by focusing on you. I'm going to love myself. I'm going to care for myself by focusing on what you created me to do. Because if I'm doing what you've created me to do, then there is fulfillment, there is satisfaction, there is peace, there is rest. So I'm going to focus on that. And when you focus on what he wants for you, when you focus on his calling for your life, when you focus on doing his will, and when you focus on being obedient to the leading of the spirit, then you will without fail love others. You can't help but to love others when you're obeying the voice of the Spirit, when you're obeying the voice of God, and when you are looking at the world through His eyes. When you see yourself through His eyes, He also gives you the ability to see the world through His eyes so that you can love Him the way that He loves you and that you can love others the way that He loves you so that you can give that love. When you accept that love, when you accept the love of God, 
and you accept that you he you're not you can't get you can't be worthy of it you can't do anything to deserve it it just is it just is and when you accept that he just loves you plain and simple not because of what you've done not because of how many things you've gotten right but just because he is love when you grasp that then you want the world to know that love too you want the world to have it and so you will love them you will love them in despite their differences you will love them in the middle of what they're doing when you think in yourself you think that's wrong you're going to love them and you're going to share the love of god with them and god will be the one that brings them home When we when we love ourselves in and as Jesus loves us, our focus shifts. We can love others the way he loves them. We actually feel peace. We actually feel at rest. We actually feel satisfied and fulfilled because Jesus is peace, rest, satisfaction and fulfillment. That is self-care. That is self-love. Thank you for listening. I hope that I hope that this ministered to you the way that it ministered to me in my prayer time tonight. And um, I think we might go in, into a, a series on First Corinthians thirteen, um, but I'm not going to make any promises because. Uh, Jesus, uh, Jesus does what he wants to do. So, um, that is what I'm going to start studying toward and leaning toward. But if that's, if that's not what happens, it's not what happens and we'll just, we'll just go with it. So, um, I love you. Um, if you have not had someone, if you haven't heard the words, I love you today. One, Jesus loves you. And two, know that I love you. And I am so grateful that you have chosen to come on this journey with me. Have a beautiful night, morning, day, afternoon, evening, whatever, wherever you are. Be blessed in Jesus' name.